Welcome. I'm Connor Beaton, and this is the Man Talk Show, training for men and answers for women. Now, on this little uh, midweek mini episode, I'm going to dive into what makes a codependent man, uh, what creates codependent men. And I've been getting a lot of questions lately from men and women alike about what constitutes a codependent relationship. Um, what does that even mean? What does it look like? How do you break free from it? Um, I've had women reaching out asking me questions like, like this, like this one. Hey, Connor, I believe that I seem to be attracting a lot of codependent men. How can I understand them better? What do I need to know about what has made them? And is there something that it says about me? Uh, yes, absolutely. And we will get to that. Uh, I had another gentleman write in saying, Hey, can you talk about men and codependency? I've been told that I am codependent, but I don't exactly know what this means, how it shows up, how it impacts the other person, or how I even break free from it. Help, help, help. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got you. Uh, another gentleman wrote in and said, Hey, I recognized from a previous episode where you talked about emotional intelligence that my father and my mom were definitely in a codependent relationship. I feel like this might be showing up in my marriage, but I'm not really too sure. Can you help? Okay, this is a big topic, okay? Codependency in a relationship is a huge, 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 huge topic, and I'm certainly not going to tackle it all here in a 10-minute episode. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this into a three-part uh, mini segments. So today is going to be all about what creates codependent men specifically. And the reason why I'm doing that is because some of the social constructs between men and women are a little bit different. Social agreements, the social expectations between men and women are a little bit different. And so what creates codependent men and what creates codependent women can sometimes be a little different. There are some similarities for sure, uh, but there are some differences as well. And so I think I'm going to have Vienna on the show to talk about what constitutes and what creates a codependent woman. Um, and she can outline some of those pieces. So today's episode is going to be all about what creates codependent men. And in order to understand that, we need to be able to define codependency. So first and foremost, how codependency is defined is an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. Hmm, interesting. Um, so here's how I condense that. It turns your partner into your emotional processing center. Uh, in some way or another, you are reliant or overly dependent for them to process your emotions, your feelings, uh, your general sense of okayness. Now, that might show up in a bunch of different ways. It might come through a physical dependency. It might come through an emotional dependency, sexual dependency, intellectual dependency, time dependency, monetary dependency. It can show up in a bunch of different ways. But generally, people that are codependent uh, turn their partners into their emotional processing center. And all that this means is that in order for that individual who is codependent to be okay, they generally need the other person to process and help them regulate their own well-being, their own intellectual and emotional state. So what are some of the things that create codependent men specifically? 
Uh, there are a few different things, but I think one of the things that I would like to point out before I dive into the four or five different things that research has shown create codependent men, I just want to say that the dilemmas of codependent men are a little bit different than women because unlike women, few men often discuss their relationship problems with their friends and family, but instead they tend to internalize their pain. They tend to internalize what they're feeling. They tend to internalize their challenges. Um, Many of these guys are, especially codependent men, are often in denial. They suffer in silence. There's a heavy victim mentality. They might have an addiction of some sort um, or they have found very specific coping mechanisms to numb out their needs, to numb out their voice of asking for what they need, and to numb out their feelings. They tend to reject some forms of uh, attention, uh, and you know they they try and be the nice guy, right? They try they try and be the the really good. Uh, husband, the really good son, the really good father. And everything is built around that man being a really good uh, father or husband. And anytime that that role is threatened, that's where you see a lot of volatility and a lot of reactivity from that man. And men, what I just want to say to you is that, look, we all, uh, most of us, experience some of the symptoms that I'm going to go through, some of the pieces that build a codependent man. So just because you have experienced some of these things doesn't necessarily mean that you have become codependent. Uh, the next episode is going to talk about how to know if you are one. So, so bear with me for right now. All of this information in this episode is definitely needed in order to identify. So Now that we have that out of the way, um, we can dive into some of the things that create and build codependent men. So the first piece is dysfunctional childhood. Um, The societal norms and the expectations that are are put on men is often the expectation of, of suppression or repression of feelings. And this really compounds uh, and, and distorts, you know, if you grew up in a, in a dysfunctional family of some sort, uh, where it wasn't f- sort of safe or okay for you to express your feelings and needs to your parents, to the people around you. And because of that, you maybe are searching, and this is where Vienna would say that it's the path of uh, opposition, because you didn't get those needs met early on in childhood, oftentimes that will create a really deep craving and unconscious desire to search for it in a relationship. So it's often easier not to acknowledge the feelings uh, that you have or uh, that were criticized in your childhood uh, or needs that were denied or shamed. And so generally those those things will be omitted from your relationship. And so you just this dysfunctional childhood, um, it could be one where your needs uh, were also ignored if you took an age-appropriate responsibility because of an out-of-control, irresponsible, or immature parent. So all, all that that means is that perhaps, perhaps, you grew up in a household where your mom sort of turned you into their surrogate husband and you were overly responsible. They came to you with, you know, your your mom would come to you with all of her problems. Maybe your parents were divorced. She would, you know, really complain heavily about your dad, call him an asshole or or diminish him uh, and, and turn you into her emotional processing center. Uh, so these are just some of the pieces of a dysfunctional childhood. Obviously, there are more. 
uh, that I'm not necessarily touching on. But generally, when we've grown up in a dysfunctional childhood, uh, self-control in some way, shape, or form, self-control, and this is a really big key, helps you to survive but controlling yourself or others leads to the problems later in intimate relationships. So as a kid, when you grew up that in that dysfunctional household, uh, that that self-control helped to keep you safe. Maybe it got you rewards, uh, maybe it allowed you to feel protected. But as it gets old as you get older and into a, a, a relationship with a partner with a significant other, that starts to break down. The next one is the the feeling uh, of of being trapped or the fear of abandonment. So there's a great quote that I have here, and I actually don't know uh, where this comes from, so I'd have to, I'd have to pull this up uh, and, and search from it. So for right now, it's anonymous, but it, it's, uh, if you think your partner is codependent, there's a good chance that you are too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so if you're out there and you're like, oh, my wife is codependent, or oh, my husband's definitely codependent, there's a high likelihood that you are as well. Uh, because oftentimes codependent people attract other codependent people. So that can show up in a number of ways. But often, uh, just to expand on that, codependent men will attract women who are sometimes needy, uh, overly demanding, hypercritical, very jealous. And these men will often very quickly fall into a role of becoming dependent on their partner's approval, uh, on their partner's validation. And eventually, over time, what will happen is that person will feel trapped by their partner's quote-unquote manipulation or demands or unmeetable expectations. And that's where the feeling trap starts to set in. Uh, some of these guys, some of these men, and men, maybe you've been in this situation before. So some men get involved with women who are abusive, uh, verbally, emotionally, sexually, physically, etc., cetera, uh, or that they are never satisfied or appreciative. So they kind of get into a relationship, um, and, I've, and I've had a number of men reach out and say, hey, you know what, I've, I actually have been in a relationship with a woman who is hyper-abusive. Uh, verbally, she would put me down. She would, you know, say really appropriate things to me, or she would throw dishes at me when she would get angry, or something along those lines. That is generally a sign that you are a, a codependent man. Uh, and so, I'm just giving you a little a little heads up here. Um, but oftentimes, uh, this has come from a feeling of being trapped or being abandoned in your childhood. So, if you're mother passed away when you were young, if you had a really hyper-dominant, critical mother who was very controlling, uh, someone who was always looking over your shoulder, that can lead to the feeling of being trapped as a child and that can lead to codependency growing up because you go through the path of repetition. Uh, the other one is the fear of abandonment. So, you know, you can be a, a man who, when you were a child, you grew up and, you know, maybe you saw your parents get divorced, your father moved away, started his own family, and there is a deep-seated fear that you are going to be abandoned, that you're going to be left again. And so these are some of the pieces that in childhood can create that longing and that sensation within a man where he doesn't want to give up a relationship. And so he will do whatever it takes in order to keep his partner close to him. He'll say anything. He'll become anything. He'll just sort of morph into this gelatinous mold 
of being whatever his partner needs him or whatever he thinks his partner needs him to be at the cost of his own happiness. And really interesting, uh, Vienna started watching this show the other day on Netflix. Um, I think it's called like Blind Dating or something like that. I mean, freaking horrible. I, I couldn't watch more than like 20 minutes of it. I thought it was garbage. Um, but she was fascinated because the basic premise was that these two, you would, you basically had a bunch of uh, men and a bunch of women and they couldn't see each other, but they were going to date each other without seeing each other and hopefully get to a place where they would, um, propose to each other, I think, question mark, which is just insane. Um, but anyway, there was one gentleman on the show that within 10 minutes, uh, I was just like, my gosh, this guy has the biggest most clear fear of abandonment that I think I have ever seen in my life. And he is on track to be in a codependent relationship. So if you were abandoned or you felt trapped as a kid, that is probably a good arrow uh, to point towards if you have been codependent in your past relationships or in your current one. Fear of intimacy is the next one. So uh, the the reason why, uh, the, sorry, uh, what can create a codependent man is a deep fear of intimacy. Again, you know, you may have grown up in a family system where there was no intimacy, where there was no physical touch from your parents, where there wasn't a lot of appreciation or validation from mom and dad. Maybe you only got validation. And this is a very common thing for men, especially. Uh, maybe you only got validation when you performed properly right? When you performed well academically, when you performed well in sports, when you did, you know, when you performed your chores really well. And those were the only moments where you got validation. So for a lot of men, because they grew up as, as young boys, only getting validation under certain contexts that were usually related to their performance, uh, a man can grow up and become, uh, sorry, a boy can grow up and become a man who is then dependent on that validation. So he'll sort of twist himself into a pretzel, uh, never really asking for what he needs, never really speaking up for what he wants within the relationship. Again, these are some nice guy symptoms. Um, and it sort of creates this pseudo intimacy where the man never really has to come forward and say, hey, here's what I want emotionally. Here's what I want sexually. Here's what I want to do. Here's the direction that I want to take our relationship or our family or our life. And a lot of that comes from a childhood where a man, uh, again, lacked that sense of intimacy or he was in an environment where intimacy was invasive. So maybe there was too much physical intimacy, uh, which brings me into my next one, abused men. So abused men are, are often um, codependent or the pendulum swings in the path of repetition and they, they actually continue to abuse. Um, so men that have grown up in abusive households, maybe they uh, had verbal abuse or sexual abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse. Um, they can because they are trying to please constantly, right? Because when you grow up in, in a, an abusive household, you are trying to make sure as a child that you do whatever you can to make sure that your abuser has no reason to be angry with you, no reason to criticize or attack you. And so a lot of these boys that have grown up, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of men that have grown up in abusive homes, uh, a lot of these boys grow up into men who either replicate that pattern um, of of that abuse or they replicate the pattern of what they did in their childhood to stay safe. 
So they may have grown up in a, in a home where uh, there was loud yelling and verbal abuse. And so what that means in their adult relationships is that they hide things. They don't want to bring forward when they feel like they've failed. They don't want to bring things forward when they are suffering. They don't want to talk about their needs physically, emotionally, sexually, because the thought of that might mean rejection. Um, so they are really afraid to hear or say no because they've been conditioned to maintain closeness through people-pleasing. Uh, and that can create an immense amount of codependency. And lastly, addiction. So the, uh, the abused men and the addictive men are, are often quite similar. They're quite close because usually addiction is a byproduct of some form of abuse, neglect, or abandonment. Um, but the addictive man is the one who's trying to control uh, himself by controlling the people around him. And this often manifests in the way of saying, I'll be okay if I can control your actions. I'll be okay if uh, I know that you are pleased with me, if you're happy with me. Uh, and that can become a very obsessive tendency uh, in some men's lives. Whew. Okay. Maybe that was a little bit heavy. Um, I know that was a lot of information, but just to recap really quickly. So what creates codependent men? Dysfunctional childhoods, feeling trapped or having been abandoned as a child. Um, dysfunctional form of intimacy, either the complete lack of it or an intrusive and invasive sense of intimacy that can show up in a number of ways, emotionally, sexually, uh, physically, etc. Abused men. Uh, will often turn into codependent men and then uh, men with addictions. So sometimes that addiction can show up younger in childhood. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in today. Definitely listen to this with your partner. I cannot stress that enough. Codependency is probably one of the most underrepresented challenges that couples face within their relationships. And... Um, it's one of the things where a lot of couples are trying to figure out, are we codependent or do we have signs and symptoms of that codependency? And if we do, you know, how, how do we deal with it? So again, if, you know, if, if, if this is something that you and your partner can have a conversation about, this is probably a good place to start. Might open up some good conversations about uh, childhood or the feeling of being trapped or abandoned as a child or what intimacy looked like. One of the things that I always get men to talk about at our men's weekends is what did intimacy look like in your childhood? What was intimacy like in your family system? Um, because that can reveal a lot about the struggles that a man is going through in his life in the present moment because there's a lot of you know, pain, a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles that he may have faced in his childhood that haven't been healed or dealt with. So don't forget to share this podcast episode with just one person. Uh, head on to whatever platform you listen to us on and please, please, please leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much for everyone that tunes into this. Uh, we, like I said before, I've been celebrating. We have well over a million downloads uh, and we have seen a huge spike in the last couple months. So thank you to all the new listeners. Thank you to all the listeners that have been with me for a long time. And you will see the next episodes, how to know if you are codependent and how to stop being one. So until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.